In this episode of Negative Modifier, we'll be playing the game Delta Green. Delta Green, by design, tackles various mature themes that may be uncomfortable or triggering for listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, it's Charlie, Negative Modifier's Game Master. First off, thank you for giving us a listen. As always, expect something horrible to happen to the players. If you're a fan, support us by leaving a review on iTunes. And if you hate the show, consider doing it anyway and enjoying the fact that you've inflicted us on someone else. For the most up-to-date news in the podcast, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and with that, we're going to pick up as you are driving through the surrounding area of Willis as the storm just slowly increases around you. It's night, later than I think you realized it was. We're getting pretty close to midnight. It's slow driving. It's treacherous. Like Nothing outwardly bad happens, but your driver and your escorts are taking it slow, given that it's bad conditions. And what may not be common knowledge is the fact that despite their best efforts, Humvees don't actually do that well in snow. They do better than, like, a sedan will, but they're really designed for, like, sand and dirt. Stuff seems to give them a bit of a problem, and this is definitely a snowy condition. So you arrive at, I guess, what is technically the most northern hip of Crow Lake. Based on what you kind of managed to transcribe onto the map, you're roughly where the mounds ought to be. The area is blanketed in snow. There's no obvious signs you can go with first. There are what appear to be kind of like hill-like structures, or there do appear to be kind of some hill-like rises kind of off to one side that maybe that's the mounds, maybe they're not. Now that you're there, what do you do? While we're here, I want to take a radiation reading, because I remember reading from Ocampo's reports that there was spikes of radiation. I want to see kind of that starts leading us anywhere, if it's just so overwhelming that it's just kind of blanketing the area. All right, so... These are the highest radiation levels you have found so far. Depending on where you're standing, kind of from proximity to the lake, but if you're about within about 10 meters or so of the lake, you're seeing 0.3 MSV. At around 100 meters, you're seeing 0.15 MSV for your average hourly radioactivity on the readings. Is that any way harmful? I mean, it's not great. It's elevated radiation at that point. It's also the highest you've come across so far, but also... There's no obvious signs of what may or may not be causing it. I will say, though, that the closer you get to the lake is where the levels seem to start going up as opposed to closer to the mounds. Again, like none of this is great, but also you have established there's enough radiation here that like maybe you should have been experiencing some maybe not like drastic side effects. But the fact that you all are kind of fine on the topic, like that's a weird question unto itself. but. All of this is weird at this point. So the radiation is getting stronger when I approach the lake. Yep. Okay. Cool. cool. I'm going to relay this information to the team. Just kind of a, hey, Schuler, heads up. There is a higher spike of radiation towards the lake. I don't know how long we are going to be able to be here before we start experiencing some interesting side effects. But nonetheless, you might have a little bit of work ahead of you when we get back. Yeah, all right. I'll keep an eye on things. All right, so you're here to find the mounds. Do you try and find the mounds? Uh, yeah, no, I definitely want to start looking for some mounds. All right. So everyone who's looking, give me a search at plus 20. Oh, 66 out of 20 plus 20 fumbles. 13 out of the modified 70 success. I think I can't really search because I'm in the middle of, like, doing radiation. That's fair. All right, so Schuler, you do a pretty good job of kind of, like, you're pretty sure you know where the mounds are. Like, there are these rises in the ground you've identified. You're pretty sure those are them. 
Dr. Merlo, you're maybe a tad distracted. Like, this is a lot of snow, a lot of wind, a lot of weird. And as you're kind of traversing across the top of the mounds, your foot kind of catches on something and you fall up to your knee kind of into the earth some. Roll me 1d4. Hmm. Am I able to do an athletics check at all to try to break my This is because you fumbled. Oh, fuck. Okay, fair enough. 1d4. I rolled a three. All right, so you're going to take three points of damage as your leg kind of like gets scraped up and maybe you crack the bone some as it kind of falls into a hole in the snow and dirt, apparently. But on the plus side, you feel pretty confident you found the mound. Okay. Or at least a mound. When you say crack the bone, do you mean like Merlo legit just broke her leg right now? Maybe not broke, maybe like a fracture. Is the phenomenon of stepping into a gopher hole a concept you're familiar with? Uh, I am not. Alright, it's a kind of similar situation to this where, despite kind of gopher holes being relatively innocuous, people often do horrific damage to themselves. They're just walking and their foot kind of catches it exactly the wrong way and bones get broken, discs get slipped, like... No one typically dies from it, but like they can cause a like, just that weird jarring fall. That's a surprise can cause a surprising amount of damage. In fact, that could have been worse. Merlo can still put weight on it. The leg's not broken, broken, but I, probably the skin got a tad cut up, and she's feeling worse for wear out of this. Definitely, she's also probably a tad embarrassed as she's trying to like push herself up from being face first down in the fresh snow atop the mound. Particularly embarrassed because she's actually relatively physically active and focuses on being healthy. So for her to just eat it, quite embarrassing, actually. So yeah, definitely, for lack of a better term, egg on my face. So Merlo, are you all right? I'll, I'll be fine. I just not really used to the snow, but yeah, I, uh, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Break anything? Like what's what did you fall into? I think I... I might have found one of the mounds, but not exactly the way I wanted to find it. As I'm saying this, I'm kind of like sit down for a sec and I'm kind of just checking the the extent of the damage. Being someone who goes on runs and things like that fairly often, I know what to look for. So I'm able to kind of address it or anything like that. Sure. Hey, Quintana, we've we've got a we've got a fall. Any does any of your blue fly team know have a, just a first aid kit or something? Yeah, but we also can like what happened? The dock fall or something? Yeah, the dock look the dock fell. I think there's like something here that is being covered by this note. Can we get a probe or can I maybe get a shovel? I'm gonna try to clear this this area out so that way we we're not falling. You don't even need that, actually. You realize you were standing atop one of five more or less identical four meter tall by ten meter in diameter kind of mounds arranged in the area they look like almost like small hills of some kind now that you're sure this is hollow or has something else going on it makes a tad more sense that these are indeed the mounds you are looking for and you don't even a shovel if you want to kind of paw at the earth where merlot fell through it's loose earth it's not well packed it even shows maybe some signs of recent digging yeah i'll go ahead and uh kind of hand dig some stuff out all right so, yeah, the hole that Marilyn was unfortunate to fall into appears to have been relatively recently dug, maybe the last, you'd guess, three, four days or so. The kind of cold conditions have kept it from being easily identifiable. But yeah, it shows recent shovel marks. Someone tried to kind of reclose it in, kind of tried to finish off the mound, didn't do a great job, and kind of left a small hole. 
digging down just kind of a few inches and widening the hole some reveals a strange collection of things. This pile of earth appears to be kind of jam-packed with a variety of cheap knockoff plastic, the kind you'd buy from like a Walmart or a dollar store, dream catchers and other kind of spiritual artifacts one might buy if they were going down that path of belief. Just hundreds of them, just kind of jammed into the earth and then hastily buried. More importantly, though, you find a collection of bones of what appear to be maybe local snakes of some kind and twisted copper clumps that kind of resemble chairs. What in, what in the hell is this? I, I'm trying to, I want to pull out one of the copper chairs. Or yeah, they're clumps. small. It's it's not a full on chair. Like it's probably about the okay. size of a baseball or something. They're kind of little replicas of it. Do you show it to your colleagues? Yes, I'm turning around. and like, hey, there's a whole bunch of weird tchotchkes and these things in here. Some animal bones. It looks like. Marlo, give me a stand check. Oh boy, here we go. Eighty three out of forty five failure. All right, so it's only going to be one point of stand damage off this, but. It's obviously not an exact replica. Like, it's not a well-done recreation of it or anything like that. But that chair thing that Major Dempsey is holding up that she pulled out of the mound is a dead ringer in your mind for someone trying to kind of mimic the strange chair throne thing you saw in your visions. So, upon seeing this, my character immediately breaks into this, like, sweat realizing what it is and like i almost like scurry back if like i'm guessing i'm still sitting on the ground kind of situation because i fell down kind of thing so i'm like in my like sitting position i'm like crawling back panic so yeah i just move away and i'm like get that away from me get that away from me and like yeah i'm just like moving away from it seeing this the other two of you realize that again it's not an exact replica but it bears a striking resemblance to the chair representing the drawing of the chief that was recovered from Howie Parker's trailer. Not an exact replica, but, like, the important details are very much there. What the fuck? What are you, what the fucking about? He just points at the replica. Dempsey is looking at it in her hand for a little bit longer, and it kind of finally clicks. It's like, oh, this is familiar. Oh, hold up. There's... More of these, actually. There's a whole bunch of them underneath the snow. Are all the mounds that are here going to be filled with the same thing? And I kind of call over to, hey, Quintana, I need you guys to start digging up these these mounds or these hills. I need to we need to see what's what's inside. I know that might be a little difficult, especially with the snow. This one's a little bit more fresh, but I, I'm going to need to have this happen. Are you sure that's a good idea? Merlot, what are the visions that you had again? I know this is, yeah, I know that you might not want to talk about this, but do I know that she had visions? Or We've talked no, about them by now, yeah. yeah. We experienced that. Merlo, what were the images that you saw? Kind of just stare blankly at it for a second as I kind of just gather myself again, and I kind of just look over at, at the other two, and I'm like, it it looks like the drawing of some some throne thing. Um, I don't have my drawings here with me, but it definitely it definitely is in my drawings from when I had my episode. So 
it leads me to believe if this is here, there's probably replicas of the other stuff that either I drew or this other guy drew somewhere around here. So we're close to what I don't know, but yeah. And Merlot kind of goes back to staring blankly for a bit, just kind of shocked at like seeing that the the thing that she drew out of nowhere in this weird fugue state is literally manifested in front of her. Okay, so Shul, you're probably right. It's probably not going to be a good idea to start digging some stuff up. We don't want to cause Merlot to have any more traumatic experiences, but if these hills or these mounds are filled with supposedly representations of these visions or these drawings or anything else like that, how in the world is that going to start connecting to... I'm sorry, I'm just still trying to rack my brain around this. So as he's explaining that, I look over to the two of them and I say, if whatever is happening is related to, let, let's just say that it's related to these like spirits or whatever, and these replicas are not, maybe they're pissed off at the replicas. Maybe we should look for these things and we should destroy them because maybe they're just not happy with them. I don't know. Like, What leads you to believe point, that? Hmm? What leads you to come to that conclusion? I, I, I'm just spitballing here. Like, why else would they be upset? Like, Could this be an offering? Seemingly been undisturbed for a long time. But yeah, maybe they're just not happy with the offering. Maybe they consider the offering an insult. I mean, compared to what, like, the drawings and what we have, this doesn't look anywhere near what it would be. It also, it's not coming from the original people. These are, they're coming from, us we don't belong here so i don't know i just it just seems like they're not happy with all of this stuff here and so maybe pulling it away is a way to like calm it because yeah i don't know i just think removing ourselves and things that we have put here would probably alleviate the situation is just a theory i have at this point all right well um I wonder how many of these so-called replicas there are. And if there are a lot, then that would lead me to believe that they were working for a time. If there aren't a lot, then I might agree that they were not up to, if your theory is correct. It might be what has angered whatever we're saying this could be. Well, if I recall correctly... And we have to take this with a grain of salt. That flyer for the secrets of Moundville, there's like 29 of these. I remember them saying like it has some like they have potholes and whatever. They're supposed to be containing pottery. That might just be something to kind of fluff up, encourage more tourists to come by. But they did say that it was supposed to be a burial for the dead. But then again, this is all completely fabricated, and this is just apparently the works of a single individual. How are these mounds arrayed? They're in kind of a rough pentagon shape, the way the map showed them. Like, There's no obvious signs of anything kind of being in the center of it. I guess I will remind you that these are farther away from the lake, so the radiation levels have gone down the closer you got to these compared to the lake. Like, These are absolutely strange. They're not what's causing the weird energy readings, though, as best you can tell. Okay. Like, yeah, these are weird. They're also fake tourist attractions, essentially, made up, made for God knows what reason, essentially. Like, and they're full of, depending on how you look at it, 
insensitive or just kind of shitty knockoffs of various native artifacts and then kind of some approximations of some stuff you might use for ritual. Like, of the stuff you're pulling out of it, everything's kind of like borderline garbage, except for these weird little copper chair things you're pulling out. And they're interesting, but there's nothing... Without the context of the dreams and the drawings, there's nothing remarkable or interesting about them aside from they're a little bit weird and they're mixed into a big earthen dome or a kind of earthen rise that's full of a bunch of other kind of cheap, fake Native American artifacts. It's not even a cohesive collection of Native American artifacts. It's just kind of like someone went down an aisle at a party store and grabbed anything that was vaguely of that kind of, quote, style, if that makes any sense. Gotcha. You might even find a couple, like, New Age crystals tossed in here because, yeah, that lines up, right? Like, if you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, that all is kind of the same thing, right? Like, it's mostly just kind of garbage. Themed garbage, but garbage. Well, despite how absolutely weird and strange this is, thankfully, I guess it's a little unrelated to the energy readings that the, the radiation is actually lower in this area. So we could, I guess we could rule this out as being disconnected, but just a strange coincidence. I mean, it's hard. I, I still can't find a way to ex connect how Hiram Bates's hallucinations are lining up with Merlot's, but nonetheless, this is good news. I think the radiation level is quite lower around this area than closer to the lake. So we can actually just rule. Hopefully we can actually just rule the mounds out from causing these spikes or causing these weird energy readings, especially because looking back, the Aurora Borealis are just kind of the bright lights originated from the lake, whether or not someone saw that previous and kind of had that hallucination or the, the need to make this honestly offensive hoax who knows so quantana's been kind of standing by through all this and he kind of walks over the shovel so we're not digging this up anymore like we brought the boat is it time to get out in the lake despite all common sense yeah yeah sorry false alarm i, I don't think we're gonna need to dig up anything hey i'd rather die in a boat out in a blizzard than die of exposure digging up what the fuck even is this some One's weird, badly attempted craft fair project? It looks like a small localized landfill, actually. Peachy, such a great job we're doing out here. Kind of like gestures off to some of the other Blue Fly team members off in the distance, and you see them start backing the Humvee with the boat attached to it towards the lake. It takes about 15 or so minutes to get the boat into the lake. It's bobbing around. During all of this, the storm is getting worse. And we'll say kind of about, oh, we'll say kind of, 12.30, 1 a.m., Quintano comes back over. He goes, okay, we're, um, can't believe I'm saving this in the middle of a blizzard at night, but, uh, we're ship-shape and ready to go. What the fuck are we looking for, exactly? You know, just stuff. Information. So, get the fish finder set up. We think it's under the water. We think it's up in the air. Yeah, we're gonna, yeah, get it all set up. All right. Think of it this way. The sooner we find the answer, the faster we can go home. I think it'd be a lot easier if we knew what the fuck we were looking for, I suppose, but yeah, you're the scientist, not me. All right, come on, let's let's, let's get searching, I guess. Cool. I guess we're getting on a boat. All right, so this takes some time, 
the information you've pieced together suggests that whatever this energy thing is, the whatever's going on seems to be kind of located roughly up in the air above the lake, vaguely where you are right now. And as you're boating about with the fish finder on, you learn a couple things about the lake. First off, the majority of the lake is surprisingly deep. In some places, it's as deep as 20 meters. But near the shoreline where the mounds are located, there's a very kind of sharp rise in the lake bottom that rises up to about 15 meters tall from the surrounding area around it, meaning it's about six, five, six meters from the top of the water to whatever's down there. And it seems to kind of almost make a hill of some kind. It's about 60 or so meters wide, give or take. So if I'm understanding this correctly, this is almost like a there's an underwater hill? Yep. Okay, so there's like a shallow area around the shoreline, and then it just plummets. Like there's a shelf. Yeah, I'd say probably more drops off when you leave the shoreline in a natural way, and then it kind of rockets back up to this underwater hill of some kind that along the sides drops off pretty significantly again. Like, yeah, it's... You would definitely describe this as some type of underwater hill of some kind. Okay. And it's based on the fish finder, kind of surprisingly flat across it. All right. Hmm. No. I'm trying to think of, like, would a knowledge of astrophysics explain kind of the shape of this lake? Does this sound like an impact crater lake? So you actually don't know what the origins of the lake are. The lake shape does not suggest impact lake. Or does not suggest an impact crater? Like, it's got too much off-branchingness to make that one make sense. It's also not deep enough for it to be one of those. Okay. Wait, so this lake is supposed to be a lake made out of tributaries? You do not know that. Yeah, the actual kind of origins or how the lake came to be, if the lake's always been there, you have not researched yet. Oh, goddammit. <laughs> I didn't even think about just questioning the nature of this lake. I mean, you had no reason to up until now. Just a lake. Like, player knowledge. Like, I'm just running through possibilities of, like, why this lake could exist. But if there's, like, suddenly a weird hill or underwater, whatever the heck, and then... Actually, hold up. Question. As we're zooming around in the lake, does the... Does the radiation spike coincide with the location of this underwater hill? I mean, like, it definitely seems to kind of be at its zenith here. Like, this is the location of the highest readings you've found so far, yes, but they're not significantly higher than the ones you were finding on the shore. You're not that far from the shore, really, either. Okay. It's not a huge lake, but yeah, it's... I would definitely say that, like, if you were to go, I don't know, farther south across the lake, they start to taper down again. Look, um, anyone here, like, scuba certified? Any of you... Military guys able to dip down the lake. Quintano kind of looks at you and rolls his eyes and goes, You're seriously gonna make me go scuba diving in the middle of the night during a goddamn blizzard. Yeah, that's what I'm asking you to do, yes. Alright, putting aside just how monstrously stupid this all is, what am I looking for? Well, or is this going to be some kind of, like, looking for the metaphorical underwater needle in the metaphorical underwater haystack type situation? Well, below us, there is a, a mound, a hill. Probably shouldn't be there. You and your guys go down and take a look and tell us what you find. 
Bring back anything interesting if you find it. A bone, carving, things with stone etched into uh, anything that's weird. So you want me to gear up, get some of my team to gear up, and just poke around till we find something. Should we take some metal detectors and look for pirate treasure while we're down Very there or something? Very specifically, I want you to look at the mound down there. Well, yeah, I'm not going to search the entire goddamn lake, but... Sure, bring some metal detectors, whatever you think. Get creative. <sighs> I regret saying this already. All right, we did not bring the scuba gear with us. I'll send some of the team back to base to go pick that up, and yeah, we'll get a cracking on this just brilliant idea once they get back. Fantastic. So head back to the shore. Some of the men kind of head back towards Weatherwatcher HQ. I know we just got back to shore, but I kind of want to get some readings actually over the deepest part we could. All right. You're going to go back on the lake and just kind of take some readings around the deeper sections? Yes. All right. Who's going with Major Dempsey to take the readings? Everyone or just is she going by herself? I would like at least one blue fly. Oh, yeah. They're not letting you drive the boat by yourself in these conditions. That'd be crazy. Do you mean in terms of, like, us? Because I don't mind going. Yeah. Yeah. Merlo will volunteer to go. Awesome. And I'd like to take a blue fly personnel with me as well, just so that way I'm not trying to multitask in driving this boat and taking these readings. Sure. Has anyone been keeping track of the time while you've been doing all of this? I know that we got here around midnight, and then we went out. Yeah, you've burned at least an hour of time kind of doing stuff since you got here. I think Schuler's probably anxiously checking his watch every five to ten minutes. Sure. So, Schuler, do you get on the boat or do you stay on the shore? I'm staying on the shore. All right. Yeah, so about the time that the Blue Fly soldiers return, whatever is happening starts to happen again. Wait, hold up. You mean like the giant beam of light? Yep. Glad I stayed on the shore. Where are the thunder strikes happening? All right. So once again, a brilliant blue flash of light silently erupts in the snow clouds above Crow Lake. It illuminates the whole area in an instant and is gone. Half a dozen lightning bolts strike the earth around Crow Lake, roughly where you're working, actually, and light the entire snowstorm a deep blue purple. A brilliant aura hangs overhead in a tall corona of blue light. While all of this is going on, a horrific screaming, howling sound just erupts out of nowhere. Everyone give me a sand check. Question for you. These lightning strikes, do they happen at all on the in the water, or is it only the land around the some water? Some hit the water, some hit the land, kind of general area around it. Okay. 12% success for Schuler. I would like to report 86% failure out of 42 for Dempsey. <laughs> and I'd like to report a 67% failure out of 44. All right, so if you failed 1d6 sand damage as just kind of, once again, your brain is flooded with a fight or flight instinct, two of you happen to be on a boat while that's happening. I rolled a five. If you passed, no sand damage. Congratulations. Oh, interesting. It's happening again. It is indeed happening. But so as Merlo and Dempsey are kind of panicking on the boat along with their boat captain and Dr. Schuler stands maybe a tad smugly, maybe a tad kind of like 
not so happy to be this close to whatever the hell's happening this time again or happening again this time it's not so much smug is for a moment he is interested in the fact that this is happening again and he gets to see it firsthand up close and then immediate concern for dempsey and merlo sure no that makes a lot of sense so only major dempsey was here the last time this happened of three of you and what happened that time is more or less repeated exactly this time, except the snow strangely clears over Crow Lake in the exact area you're working. Within the blue aura, you see black eyes that stare boundless, mournful, inhuman even, out at you. Give me a sand check. Is this all of us? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> failure. Oh, oh my god. 9% out of 35 success. (sighs) Fuck. 74 out of 42 failure. Alright, so if you passed only one point of sand damage, if you fail, 1d10 points of sand damage. It's gonna be a 2 for me, and um, you know, Dr. Siddiqui, you put me in this position, I hate you. I'm gonna project. I'm gonna project it all onto Dr. Siddiqui. Excellent. 1d10, I rolled a 1, I will take it, I am good. So here's the fun thing, I am currently one point away from my breaking point, and I can go ahead and take that 1 and just break, or I can offload it onto a person, but I am just getting shades of Faustus right now, and this is, I, I don't know what to do. You know what, after briefly thinking about it, fuck it. I'm going to offload. All right. Perfect. I am. I'm going to go ahead and eat that willpower and I will offload that sand damage onto Dr. Merlo, despite the fact that she had accompanied me on the boat. So at least I'm not experiencing this with a complete total stranger. I hate the fact that she's right (laughs) or I hate the fact that I'm experiencing this because I feel as if this is now a psychosomatic situation. So And just as something this has all started, it stops, and the storm resumes its kind of normal behavior, but everyone standing there definitely saw that. No one didn't see that. Maybe a couple of Blue Fly soldiers or suddenly find themselves kind of in locked combat with each other. Maybe a couple of AFOSI agents are finding themselves in equally compromising positions, but it doesn't really matter. Whatever that was is over, and it is one... 45, 46 a.m. in the morning, and you are standing on the shore or in a boat near a lake in a blizzard. Do you keep searching? Do you go back to base? What do you do at this point? Do you perhaps leave the Blue Fly team there to continue searching? How are people doing on health and willpower, by the way? I'm solid on willpower, and I mean, I think they hit earlier, but I'm, sure. I'm doing fairly well. I'm also doing fairly well. One, do I still have my hearing at the moment? Yeah. Awesome. Two, I'm looking at my radioactivity measurement. It's not, is is it a Geiger counter? Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm looking at my Geiger counter. Is it freaking out or is it like staying? Oh, it's spiked. It's back down to kind of what normal was for this area. But if you hadn't been freaking out during that, you might have noticed some activity on that. But yeah, if, if you were to go back and maybe read the readout from that, it would indicate that the spike you kind of tracked the night before happened again. All right. And then last but not least, I just recently watched Chernobyl. So immediately I'm just like, was that like a, a nuclear 
fission reactor that like ionized the air and caused all whatever the heck player knowledge Dempsey rationalizing this yeah i'd say that maybe Dempsey would kind of recognize that she would know kind of about the pale blue that ionized radioactive air looks like and whatnot i mean it is a blue aura borealis and the two do kind of look similar hypothetically but unless there's some obvious nuclear reactor you're not seeing around you not obvious where it came from maybe there is some nuclear reactor buried somewhere in the area or at the bottom of the lake or something but you're not seeing any signs of that and if that was the case the radiation should be a lot higher and if it was just constantly visible that'd be one thing but this would like using your framing as an example this would be like someone venting energy almost or something like whatever this is has the ability to open and then just as easily close at the same almost instantaneous speed you're not a nuclear physicist but you would know enough that that's not how nuclear power plants work cool i need you to take us back to shore hey hey snap out of it come on come on we need to get back to shore yeah they take you back to shore everyone's quite happy not to be on the lake once you kind of hit shore, Sergeant Quintana looks at you, what the fuck was that? We, we all saw the fucking eye things, right? We don't, we can't, we can't say for sure that's exactly what we saw. It could have just been a weird illusion or whatever have you. The air could have been causing whatever kind of ionized mirages or anything else like that. But there's going to be an explanation for this because a whole bunch of eyes can't just materialize out of thin air. I didn't see a bunch, I saw two, but agreed. Not worth arguing the exact numerical semantics on this one. We going back to base? You really want me to get in that fucking water now? I am all for going back to base. Yeah, let's head back to base. Quintano kind of like pauses for a second, kind of like, maybe looks like he's starting to regret what he's about to say. Do you think something's down there? Well, so, we're here. I don't love the idea of a night dive, but if that's the, by my account, the second time, whatever the fuck that was, has happened since we've been here. Yeah? That's the second time at the same time in a row. And I'm going to pull out my notes, or I'm going to try to... Do I have my notes with me, or do I have... You have enough notes that you need, I guess, to kind of confirm this would be the way I'd look at it. Also, right, you're cool. more than smart enough to remember kind of the details like this. Nice. All right. Tight. After hearing him say that, Merlot thinks about it for a second, decides we should look while we're here. Do you have an extra wetsuit and long neck kit? Can you dive, Doc? Yeah. Yeah, we, we brought some back. If you want to get suited up, you can most definitely do that. What I was going to suggest is you go back to base. We're not kind of stuck a nicest way possible babysitting. We kind of focus the task at hand. And if we find something, we'll uh, let you know. But hey, more the merrier. Actually having someone that maybe knows what they're looking for down there with us might speed things up. But it's going to be a lot of cold, black water down there. Yeah, I don't think the cold's going to bother me too much. That's weird you mentioned that. It's, it should be colder out here, right? Yeah. I look at the other two, and I'm like... I shake my head. We'll tell you later. And so I start heading towards the the gear to get suited up. And of course, I is there a place I can get suited up here? Yeah, they can set something up for you, or... Maybe this is not the situation for modesty. So, Schuler, Dempsey, are you going back to Weatherwatch or HQ? Or are you staying here? So, whatever just happened, right? Yeah. 
was the same thing as the previous night. Yep. Was the gleaning realis thing in the sky? Did was it just above the lake, or did it seem to have like a radius? It's definitely above the lake. If you're asking if it was located kind of directly above this weird rise in the lake you found, the answer is also yes. Fucking fantastic. So there were like strikes, right? Like, did that happen all around the lake? Yeah, it happened some in the lake, some on the ground, kind of. If you had to guess, you'd say almost like a circumference drawn around a set distance centered on the center of the rise underwater you found. Could I make a an estimate on what the like if that's the case could i make an estimate on what the like radius would be of like i know the first time this happened everyone went crazy and started beating each other up yeah but this obviously doesn't affect people far enough away can i do something to attempt to figure out like what the the affected radius would be absolutely the lightning did not strike all that far away, but you could definitely start by checking and seeing if the perimeter guards maybe. Yeah, I'll go back to base then. All right. Dempsey? I'm thinking right now as to what the best course of action is. I should probably sleep, but I also now want to kind of double check my notes and review anything of the readings or just kind of the experiences that I've had. Um, and I would like to get back to my research probably to get a better analysis. Sure. For that. All right. So it sounds like Dempsey, Schuler, you're going back to HQ. Merlo, you're staying here with the Blue Fly team to try and search underwater, correct? Yep. Yeah. So you part ways. Part of the team starts going back to base. We're going to pick up, though, with Merlo. You're all suited up. You're about to dive into the water. What's with your head right now? Like, what is the thought process you have about all of this? Like, this is some strange, absolutely, but. I mean, strange for sure, but at the same time, there's a certain feeling of, like, relief that I'm not going crazy because sure. everyone saw something. So, like, it's tangible now instead yeah. of it just being me thinking I saw something and I'm crazy. Like, it's tangible. It's quantifiable to to with people seeing it. And now I just want to make it, like, I guess I want to make it quantifiable because it wasn't really quantifiable. It's it exists, but it, we can't really, there's no sense of measurement. So, like, my frustration with it has reached a point where, like, I'm like, fuck it. Let's just dive in headfirst, literally, and, and get this sorted out. Sure. So that's why I'm literally willing to dive. And also, on the plus side, considering my leg injury, getting into the water may not be a bad idea because I'm not putting so much weight on my leg. Makes a lot of sense. All right, so... It takes a lot of time, like easily kind of four hours to search through this entire area and kind of confirm what you're finding. But through a combination of waterproof Geiger counter and metal detector, you eventually locate something kind of vaguely in the center of this rise at the bottom of the lake. Digging with your hands some in the dirt, buried in the hilltop is a large, twisted conglomeration of metal and crystal. It did not appear on the fish finder when you were kind of looking for it. It almost looks like an oversized dentist chair might be the right phrase for it. But it's made of kind of gold and other shiny metals, and obviously it's quite old, and they didn't know what dentists were. And these small kind of little copper things you pulled out of the mound are most definitely trying to be some facsimile of whatever this 
chair throne thing is. Is there anything else I find, or is that it? I mean, you find that the thing at 30 micrometers or 0.3 microseveter per hour of radiation, like, it's probably what's putting off the radiation in the area. I'm going to go ahead and swim up to shore with it, and, yeah, basically bring it with me at this point. Oh, no, it's far too big to do that. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, so it's huge, huge. Okay, yeah, gotcha. It, you could try and retrieve it from down at the bottom, but it will take some effort to do so. Okay. Am I able to break off a piece of it? No, it, it's made of metal. Okay, there's... Okay. Hmm. Now, you mentioned there were other parts that were, like, copper or whatever that were, like, I guess, makeshift versions of it. Are those, like, smaller, detached things? The copper stuff was the stuff you pulled out of the mound. Oh, okay. They're replicas of it. Okay, but the replicas are, like, little smaller ones, or is that, like, they're also full size? They're not there. I'm just saying it looks like those, the ones you pull out of the mound. Okay. Hmm. I'm guessing I'm down there with the team and not just by myself, of course. Okay, so I will signal to them that we want to try to get this extracted as fast as possible. Sure. Yeah, so give me an alertness as you've been doing all this. Sure. 73 out of 27 failure. You're not quite sure when it started, but, like, you're surprised to find kind of several fish. The first living things you've seen since you, well, arrived here, aside from the people working with you, trying to kind of gnaw at your leg, and they're just kind of biting into the wetsuit. Obviously, they can't get through because they're just like bass and whatnot, and they're not, their teeth aren't sharp enough to do so, but they're very persistent in doing it. Upon seeing these fish, do they have any weird characteristics beyond, obviously, the behavior of trying to gnaw on the wetsuit? Do they look, like, different or out of the ordinary from, like, a normal, like, let's say, you know, fish that would be native to that area? They look like fish. Okay. I would like to try to just kind of push them away, or at least, like, knock it, like, kind of basically shoot away and see how it reacts. Yeah, so you can easily push them away, but they kind of immediately swim back and start trying to bite at your wetsuit. Like, they are very persistent in doing so, and... Now that you're noticing this, you see that everyone else down there with you also has a couple fish trying to kind of, like, nip at their wetsuits. Okay. Do they follow me if I swim away? Oh, absolutely. Like, probably one even, like, tries to clamp onto your leg, but because it's, again, like a bass, it doesn't really have a mouth made for clamping. Okay. I signal to the crew to swim back towards the shore and basically kind of bait the fish towards us. Sure. Because I want to see if I can pull some of these out. Because I mean, it is interesting that it's the first living thing we've seen since this whole thing has gone down. So I definitely want to pull out at least one or two of the fish with me and take it back to shore or basically take it with me back to base. But yeah. Yeah. So you arrive at shore, you're trying to pull some fish out with you. Yep. Easily enough to do. They kind of just don't like leap out of the water, but like grabbing them is quite easy because they're trying to get at your hand. Okay. Since I'm able to actually grab them and have a hold of them. I'd like to kind of inspect them to see now if I can get a better view of anything that looks weird about them. Yes, what are you looking for? Basically looking to see if, like, I guess for the lack of a better word, everything in this area has been dead for a while. I just want to see if this thing looks unnatural at this point. I mean, is it even responding like a normal fish out of water at this point since I pulled it out? Or is it still trying to nip at me? It's a fish. It kind of has limited things it can do once it's out of the water, but, like, it's not necessarily acting like one would expect a fish to behave. Okay. But like, for example, when you pull a fish out of the water, it does very much like flop around or like, I guess, back, lack of a better word, it, it does 
maybe I'm crazy, but like fish would try to get back into the water. They yes, yeah, so it's trying to get at you. Yeah, but it's not trying to get back into the water. It's, oh, it's it's trying to get to you. It's trying to get to me. Okay, so yeah, so I definitely am and and noting that, and that's why I wanted to look at it and see if it was doing anything else that was out of the ordinary. Does I guess hmm, does does it eventually die? Because I mean, I've been setting out here for a little bit with it outside of the water, is it still trying to come at me and then still actively like doing that? Or is it just eventually slowly starting to suffocate due to the lack of oxygen? No, it's just kind of seems to be flopping around trying to get at you. Hmm. After maybe a few minutes, it kind of seems to die, but not like in a suffocation way, almost kind of like, give me an intelligence. 18 out of 90 success. You don't know a ton about fish, but it almost looks like it loses energy. Like, you're not seeing it like more frantic with kind of like panic. You're seeing it kind of almost lose energy, like a battery runs out on it or something. Like it's its movement's slow and it never kind of really seems to it never exhibits the symptoms of dying, more just kind of of maybe shutting down might be the right phrase. Give me a sand check. 85 out of 41 failure. Just one point of sand damage, because that sure as hell is pretty goddamn weird. Well, Charlie, I've got some news for you. That puts me at my breaking point. Excellent. <laughs> so it doesn't put me under, it puts me exactly at my breaking point. Yep. Just so you're aware. Alright, so you've dealt with these weird fish. You've discovered that there is indeed a thing down, like a shrine, a chair, you're not quite sure what the right phrase is for it, down in the lake. You gotta try and recover it. What's the plan moving forward for you at this point? You try and get the Blue Fly team to go about the process of recovering, and you gotta stay and recover it? Like, it's getting pretty uh, close to 5 a.m. Like, it is early morning. You have been up for quite some time at this point, too. Definitely starting to feel some fatigue. I'm going to write it out and make sure this thing gets extracted, and then I'll get some rest once we get sure. back to base. Sure thing. Yes, yeah, so you begin the extraction process. Uh-huh. All right. So we're going to jump back in time to Dr. Schuler and Major Dempsey as you are transported back to base. As you're being driven, both give me an alertness. 87 out of 29 fail. 5% success out of 29%. All right, so Major Dempsey, you see what you swear, like, again, you've not seen anything alive since you've been here, and alive aside from your fellow co-workers and other members of Weather Watcher, but for a split second, you swear you see what looks like coyote or a fox of some kind, kind of stumbling off across the snow-covered ground just the kind of the extents of your view that you can't quite see easily. Maybe it falls, maybe it was never there, maybe it darts behind something, but you quickly lose it, but you're pretty sure you saw an animal moving about for the first time since you've been here, whether it be squirrel, bug, or anything like that. I react, and I tell my driver to stop. All right. I don't know if I'm in the same car as Schuler. Yeah, I'm assuming you two are. Stop the Humvee. Stop the Humvee. Hold up. Do we have a heat, like a thermal camera, or... Hold up, something something's alive. Want to try and use thermals? Yes, please. All right. Nothing shows up. Shit. Fuck. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Like let's let's get back to base. So you're out of the car right now, correct? Yes, I'm out of the car. Are you also out of the car, Schuler? No. I'm actually probably like have the window rolled down and I'm like trying to get Dempsey to get back and I'm like, look, we gotta get back to base, all right? I am trying to follow up on something. Like if, if something's live out here, we'll see it tomorrow. Maybe, maybe not, but this is the, this is the one thing. I just, ah, shit, I wanted to get more data on it. 
All right, so give me a dodge. Oh, tight. 23% success out of 30% dodge. What did I dodge? All right, so kind of seemingly out of nowhere, what looks like maybe a squirrel of some kind just kind of lunges at you, and it you easily dodge it kind of thing. Like, it rolls off in the snow and just kind of flies there, maybe like it's dead or something like that. You go investigate. I do go investigate. All right, so as you get close, the squirrel thing does not move at all, just kind of lies there. You poke at it or anything like that? I'm doing a thermal scan to see whether or not it's like... Zero heat. Zero heat? Maybe a little bit, but not enough to be a living thing. Okay. I turn around and kind of point it at the car. Does um, Schuler and the Blue Fly driver give off any kind of heat signatures? Yeah, not as much as they're supposed to, probably, given that they're humans, but they put off some heat. Okay. Like, what's the word I'm looking for? The car definitely puts off heat. Proportionally, is it kind of the same amount of heat per square inch of meat, I guess? Oh, yeah, it's pretty consistent across the the squirrel thing is kind of uniformly the same cold. Okay. And then after kind of confirming that, like, that's what a living being or a living creature is going to kind of give off, or at least that's what I should expect when trying to find living things, I kind of just wait and look at it. And also, I'm just trying to see, like, where did that thing come from? Because why would a squirrel just jump at me? All right, so give me a search. 57 out of 20%. You can't quite tell where it came from. Like, that is a bit of a mystery. But as you look at this thing a tad close, you notice a couple very unsettling things. First off, there's a big gash in the side of this squirrel. Big enough it probably killed it. Two, it's not bleeding at all. Now you're looking at this almost like a an inch wide, just kind of a chunk missing from the side of this thing. Oh, and also the kind of left side of its head has a few more of the skeletal bones exposed than probably should be. I'm just looking and staring at it, and I slowly get up. Or not, I I just kind of calmly stand up, and I'm going to walk to the car and close the door behind me. Tell the driver, hey, yeah, thank you so much. This is something that's really going to aid in my research. Let's head back. And as that's happening, I'm shakily kind of grabbing my notebook. And I open it up and I start writing a message and I will tap Schuler's leg with mine. The message reads, we need to get back to Weather Watcher. So and as you're doing this, give me a sand check. <laughs> 63% out of 35% failure. It's going to be 1d6 sand damage. Your hand starts to get shakier as you're writing this out. As what you just saw starts to sink in. I got three and I'll go ahead and offload that. But the rest hits my sanity points, and I dip below my breaking point. It's Christmas for you. Oh, not yet, even. Okay. We're on day two, so are we in Christmas Eve? Yes. Mm. Mm. All right, so you've kind of shakily scrawled this out, and as you were writing this out, your handwriting got more and more erratic as you did this. Uh, Schuler, what's your reaction to watching this? Schuler takes the notebook and just rips out the page and tosses it out the window. Sure. I'm going to go ahead and say that my paranoia is absolutely kicking in. And as you just kind of take the notebook from me and toss it out the window, I'm looking at you with absolute horror. I want to make sure you understand. I only threw the page out. I ripped the page out and threw it out, not the whole notebook. Oh, no, I know that. It's more so just the fact that you're experiencing somebody who is just now 
having like a breakdown mixed in with like, hey, here's um, claustrophobia and <laughs> like if like agoraphobia conceptually just being out in the middle of the field surrounded by snow and the impending implication that she just saw something that should be dead alive and moving and is equating that to oh that thing tried to attack me but we're now heading back to to weather watch where there is an entire like morgue yeah like that's what she was kind of trying to to get to when she was writing it's like squirrel should have been dead kept going and then i think that was legible because all i could think about was the face of amanda thorpe just in that locker and the countless others that are there and just the fear of what could be happening yeah Schuler like reads part of what you wrote and seeing as like the handwriting gets more like scratchy as he goes down when he had ripped it out he seemed to only have read like the first half before he threw it out he seems to be like very impatient and uh irritated not at dempsey but something seems to aggravate him all right so do you continue towards weather watcher hq at this point i'm just gonna save the driver uh i need to stop at um one of the the guards on patrol perimeter all right and i need to talk to him all right so you're gonna drive towards probably say roadblock seven would probably be the closest one yeah roadblock seven roadblock six is probably the closest to where you're at yeah one of those don't care which. Okay, I goes, okay, yeah, sure. Change of plans, I guess. Hey, Major, you want me to drop you off back at base first, or are you coming along for the ride to our uh, little safety perimeter? Back to base, please. 